from the Heritage Foundation. I'm Michelle Cordero. And I'm Tim Desher. And this is Heritage Explains. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode, but this week we wanted to replay an important Heritage Explains on immigration. Just a heads up, this episode is part of a three-part series, so you might want to also go back and listen to those as well. Thanks again for being a Heritage Explains listener. We're so excited for a big, big 2019. the federal government's core responsibilities is to control its borders and determine who enters the United States. This is not an opinion. This is a fact. And it's one that's been recognized over the past three decades from both sides of the aisle. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before. Past efforts of reform did not do enough to secure our nation's borders. As a result, many people have been able to sneak in to this country. If you don't man your borders and don't protect your borders, people are going to sneak in. We simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. President Trump's campaign was largely built on campaign promises of strong immigration reform. We're going to build the wall. We have no choice. We have no choice. And since taking office, he has indicated that he intends to faithfully execute the laws of the United States, ranging from new policies on who immigration officials are allowed to deport to cracking down on sanctuary cities. Today, we'll start the first of a special three-part Heritage Explained series on immigration, breaking down the basics on border walls, enforcement, and amnesty. David and Sarah, a policy analyst in Homeland Security and Heritage's Douglas and Sarah Allison Center for Foreign and National Security Policy is helping us kick it off. Hey, David. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So we're talking about borders today. And when we hear about borders, we hear walls, we hear fences. Can you tell me what exactly is the structure that we're trying to build? Yeah, so right now it's we've actually have several different options that they're they're looking at potentially building at the at the southern border. Um, there's uh, several prototypes that have been built, and some include you know, lots of concrete and steel. Some are just one or the other, or in some cases they're even looking at you know sort of. Solutions that involve uh, some other and more technological type solutions. Um, But certainly the eight prototypes are mostly dealing with steel, concrete, or some combination thereof. And like I said, there's a whole bunch of different designs. Some are look more like, have more fence-like elements to them. They're see-through. They have, you know, bars that look more like fences. wiring. Yeah. um, uh, Well, especially, well, it's more like, more like a... Uh, trying to describe it like more like like a grid, yeah, like, yeah, or, or thick, uh, thick 
uh, pillars or columns that come up through the ground. So that way border agents can see through, but you can't really cut these these thick pillars of iron or concrete very easily either. Um, and so they're, they're working on which one of these is best for a cost, B for officer safety. Office, the border patrol is the one who actually really requested the see-through element because they don't like – not being able to see what's going on literally one feet through the wall. There could be lots of people there, and if they can't see through it, they don't know what's going on. Someone could be throwing something over. Someone could be trying to break through or dig under, and they just can't see that without getting, you know, like word back from office or looking at a camera somewhere else. They want to see. So all these are different elements that they're trying to consider about what goes into the design of these these walls or, or fences. And, and currently – Right now, what they're looking at, they're doing. I think they're calling you know bollard style um, walls or, or levee systems. So these are sort of these are more like these these thick uh, steel, I think, columns that come up from the ground, and they're sort of a mix between a traditional a fence and and a wall. And you said they're testing these. Where are they testing them? Yeah, so they're testing them out in um, I believe it's San Diego, and so they're basically all sort of lined up, and they're they, all the different contractors who applied. I, I, I believe it's eight, and they basically built eight small segments. And then these segments had to undergo various tests, like how many times can you hit it with a, you know, a jackhammer or a battering ram or or whatever tools might be, you know, out there for uh, smugglers or or illegal immigrants to use. Um, How does it do maybe in weather or how does it deal with being climbed over or dug under? So they were all the, all these different prototypes were put to the test. We haven't heard anything about which one is favored or has done well or not well. Um, we don't know those details, but they're currently in the process of testing these for all these different features. So as Congress and the Trump administration look at this, do we have a round figure yet about how much it's going to cost to construct this type of barrier? Yeah, so this comes – this is where, we, you know, the, the, the devil's in the details. This is where um, it depends on, A, what kind of – prototype is chosen. Some are cheaper than others. And the other big question is, well, how much of it are you building? If you're going to build it across the entire border, you know, like you know, almost 2,000 some miles of, of fencing or, or wall, that is significantly more expensive than building it, you know, in specific places. The best estimates I've seen in terms of where, if you built it across the entire border, and this has been numbers that if you sort of work out based on if you look at the appropriations, the money that's currently being asked for and has been spent on this project, and you sort of work those numbers out to, okay, well, it costs you know, X million to build Y you know, miles of, of wall, well, then we know we can work that out and expand that out to how much would it cost to build the entire wall. Um, and then also a study by MIT. Those two methods have both come out to about uh, $70, $70 billion if you wanted to build the entire wall. Um uh, so I think the Trump administration has been looking more in the 20 to 25 range. So that seems to indicate that they're looking for a more tactical, specific approach to that the, yeah. this wall. But it, that's still probably maybe half, maybe a little less than half, maybe a third. So I, I think this is a good point to pivot to next. Correct me if I'm wrong, but these borders also need to be constantly monitored and patrolled as well. And that also costs money that needs to be considered. So that's why it's important that we pick the right places for these fences. Yeah. So are we going to keep the fences we already have, or are we going to strategically be placing these fences where they are needed most? Yeah, so right now what they're looking at is in some places, existing fences would be replaced by better fences or walls. Um, but yeah, you since we're, it doesn't look like anyone's talking about the full 
you know, 2,000 mile long wall, um, and, or at the very least, that's not what's being budgeted or the Trump administration, I think, is even requesting in terms of budgets. Um, what we are definitely looking at is how can we use the border wall in most effectively, border barriers most effectively. So uh, thinking about this, you know, in some places of the border, it's a very remote desert area. The terrain is already inherently hostile. It's difficult to climb. A, that's very expensive to build there because it's just difficult to walk and move around in those areas. Um, but it's also difficult for illegal immigrants or smugglers. So in those areas, when it's you know maybe hours to the nearest town, it might not make sense to build. I would argue that it doesn't make sense to build a wall or extra border barriers there because what you're going to do is it's going to take them a few minutes to get over the wall, whatever that might be. Maybe it even takes 15 or half an hour, but then it's going to still take them another you know three hours to get to the nearest town. You've slowed them down, but you haven't stopped them. The actual bigger part of their journey is actually all the time that they're going to have to spend to reach the nearest town. In those areas, we could use technology, technology to watch the border and then pick those people up before they get to the town that they're trying to get to. So like a drone. So it depends on every region. So in some regions, a drone might make sense. In other regions, it's cameras. In other regions, it's a, a different type of camera. They have every part of the border is has different terrain and will benefit then from different types of technologies. And so the key is just basically use what's most effective at each each part of the border depending on what the border looks like. Take San Diego, for example. That's an area where you probably actually could benefit from more hard barriers. If it only takes you – if it, let's say it takes you, you know, two minutes to run from one side of the border to the other. Well, the problem is, is if you run from the Mexican side to the United States side and on the United States side there's a city and a bustling, you know, bus system and, and shops and houses – if that person gets across the border and it only takes them a minute or two, we're going to lose them. We're never going to find them. They've just disappeared. It's what's called the melting point. Okay. That person has melted into their surrounding town. Okay. You need more time to be able to identify that person and say, hmm, someone's trying to cross over. Oh, but we now see them scaling the fence. That fence has given you the time you need to catch them before they melt into the I've heard that town. term before. So that that puts it into perspective. That yeah. makes sense. But in other areas, the, you don't, the melting point – is, is much, much higher. Like I said, it's going to be hours before they get to the nearest town or something like that. So you build the border barriers where they're absolutely needed and use different types of technology depending on which one will be most effective depending on the terrain. So currently in these type of places, these places with high melting points or areas with high traffic smuggling routes, we are inefficiently bordered. Yeah, so I would argue that you, you're going to get some benefit if you improve – border barriers at these areas that have, um, yeah, are very busy suburban, urban areas where the melting point is actually low. Um, or if it's a, a known, you know, this is a very quick route that the smugglers like to use. Now, the, now we, we should look to stop smugglers, and especially if we, if we know where they're going, we know the routes, we should look to stop them. But we should also keep in mind that border barriers, when, even if you build them to stop a current smuggling route, if you stop that smuggling route, they will look for another. So that's why, to me, the biggest thing is melting point. 
um, cities, urban areas. So, uh, those are what I'm especially looking at. But certainly, if there's a very easy route where someone can quickly cross and we're worried about that route being exploited, then border barriers can be helpful there as well. Something Heritage mentions, we make this recommendation regularly, and we say that the building of any additional infrastructure can be constructed under existing law mm-hmm. and funded through the regular appropriations process. Yeah. Does this mean that this technically should be simple? Is that what we're saying, that that we can do this and we should go about it the normal way and we just haven't been? Yeah. So, I mean, think about any other project that the U.S. government wants to engage in um, that, you know, maybe it's the building of uh, other types of infrastructure, let's say. And we already do this in other areas, whether it be highways or dams or other things. We, we can allocate money. And while we as conservatives usually are, you know, concerned about how much we spend on some of these projects. The point is, is that you can go through the sort of normal process by which you say, okay, we need X more millions of dollars for this project. So in the regular budget process, we work through the committees, you work through and you you put the money in the bill and then the government is funded and there's an extra X million dollars for that infrastructure project. That is exactly what can be done in terms of the border. We already have the authority to, to build more fencing, more walls. And there's not only is there a sort of a general authority, like you know, the Secretary of Homeland Security has the authority to do many things on the border to make it more secure. He was also given very specific authority and the Secure Fence Act um, back in the uh, the late 2000s, where he's specifically authorized to to make various improvements and uh, to, to to border security. Uh, and so there's both sort of general authority to do more things to secure the border, but then there's also very specific authority to build border barriers um, in the Secure Fence Act. So we can do it through the normal appropriations process in terms of where the money comes from, and we're very easily authorized to do this right now. David, I see this as the first of many conversations I want to have with you on Heritage Explains when it comes to border security and immigration. Um, In closing, though, as we're talking about the border wall itself, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap? Yeah, I would note that while we, we spend a lot of time talking about border security, and it's, it's very important that we do. It's obviously a, a very you know obvious, you know, physical, sort of tangible area that we look at when we think of immigration and illegal immigration. We think about what is going on at the border, physical infrastructure. Um, but there's a very other important piece that we have to consider, and I'm looking forward, I think, to getting into this in a future you know uh, explainer here, and that is – what happens when we pick up that person who we've at the border, which we, we catch them crossing illegally? What happens when that person or what happens when someone comes into the United States illegally and overstays the illegal visa? All those types of th- all these situations in- need good enforcement. So you've got you can have great border security, but then if you're not removing that person who you just caught, or if people are coming in legally and overstaying their visas, or if they're coming to a port of entry and claiming asylum, you need an, an enforcement system and an immigration court system that can effectively adjudicate those cases. Without effective ability to remove people and adjudicate their cases, border security is is almost nothing. It's like you're catching these people, but then you release them again. Why even bother catching them if you are just going to release them? So border security is only as good as the enforcement that backs it up. And so I'm looking forward to getting into that in another conversation. Thank you, David. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. I'm going to link to Heritage's latest immigration report in our show notes and also some of the images of border wall protocols as well as some of the surveillance technologies that David mentioned. 
And last but not least, tell all of your friends about our podcast and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher with editing by Thalia Rampersad. Hi, this is Rob Bluey, editor-in-chief of The Daily Signal. If you liked hearing about the issues that Washington's not discussing, check out Underreported, a brand new video series from The Daily Signal looking at other issues that the mainstream media forgot to mention.